Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 229. One of the things to think about when we read through the Bible is, what is it that connects the Bible as one whole story? And one of the themes that runs through is that the idea of a king and kingship and what a king is like and the king we need. And in our passages today, we'll see a description of Jesus as a glorious king, a king with power and who protects, but also a king who uses his power ultimately to suffer and die in the place of those who keep trying to be a king instead of Jesus, the true king, you and me. And so as we read through these texts today, I hope we see a, a, a wonderful picture of Jesus, the true king, and how he is a king unlike any other king there has been. Daniel chapter 7. In the first year of King Belshazzar of Babylon, Daniel had a dream filled with visions while he was lying on his bed. Then he wrote down the dream in summary fashion. Daniel explained, I was watching in my vision during the night as the four winds of the sky were stirring up the great sea. Then four large beasts came up out of the sea. They were different from one another. The first one was like a lion with eagle's wings. As I watched, its wings were pulled off, and it was lifted up from the ground. It was made to stand on two feet like a human being, and a human mind was given to it. Then a second beast appeared like, the bear, like a bear. It was raised up on one side, and there was three ribs in its mouth between its teeth. It was told, Get up and devour much flesh. After these things, I was watching. Another beast, like a leopard, appeared, with four bird-like wings on its back. The be- this beast had four heads, and ruling authority was given to it. After these things, I was watching in the night visions, a fourth beast appeared, a dreadful, terrible, and very strong It had two large rows of iron teeth. It devoured and crushed, and anything that was left it trampled with its feet. It was different from all the beasts that came before it, and it had ten horns. As I was contemplating the horns, another horn, a small one, came up between them, and three of the former horns were torn out by the roots to make room for it. This horn had eyes resembling human eyes and a mouth speaking arrogant things. While I was watching, thrones were set up, and the Ancient of Days took his seat, His attire was white like snow. The hair of his head was like lamb's wool. His throne was ablaze with fire, and its wheels were all aflame. A river of fire was streaming forth and proceeding from his presence. Many thousands were ministering to him. Many tens of thousands stood ready to serve him. The court convened, and the books were opened. Then I kept on watching because of the arrogant words of the horn that was speaking. I was watching until the beast was killed and its body destroyed and thrown into the flaming fire. As for the rest of the beasts, their ruling authority had already been removed, though they were permitted to go on living for a time and a season. I was watching in the night visions, and with the clouds of the sky, one like a son of man was approaching. He went up to the Ancient of Days and was escorted before him. To him was given ruling authority, honor, and sovereignty. All peoples, nations, and language groups were serving him. His authority is eternal and will not pass away. His kingdom will not be destroyed. Now, just a quick little pause here. 
This vision and this description of one like a son of man approaching on the clouds in the sky is exactly the person that Jesus describes himself to be when he says that he is the son of man and he will go on the clouds and come on the clouds, that he is the ancient of day, the one who went to the ancient of days, he is the king enthroned. So this is a vision that's actually describing Jesus before he came uh, centuries later. Back to Daniel 7. As for me, Daniel, my spirit was distressed and the visions of my mind were alarming me. I approached one of those sitting, standing nearby and asked him about the meaning of all this. So he spoke with me and revealed to me the interpretation of the vision. These large beasts, he said, which are in four in number, represent four kings who will rise from the earth. The holy ones of the Most High will receive the kingdom and will take possession of the kingdom forever and ever. Then I wanted to know the meaning of the fourth beast, which was different from all the others. It was very dreadful, with two rows of iron teeth and bronze claws, and it devoured, crushed, and trampled anything that was left in its, uh, with its feet. I also wanted to know the meaning of the ten horns on its head, and of that other horn that came up before the three others fell. This was the horn that had eyes and a mouth speaking arrogant things, whose appearance was more formidable than the others. While I was watching, that horn began to wage war against the holy ones and was defeating them until the Ancient of Days arrived and judgment was re- rendered in favor of the Holy Ones of the Most High. Then the time came for the Holy Ones to take possession of the kingdom. This is what he told me. The fourth beast means that there will be a fourth kingdom on earth that will differ from all the other kingdoms. It will devour all the earth and it will trample and crush it. The ten horns mean that ten kings will arise from that kingdom. Another king will arise after them, but he will be different from the earlier ones. He will humiliate three kings. He will speak words against the Most High. He will harass the Holy Ones of the Most High continually. His intention will be to change times established by law. The Holy Ones will be delivered into his hand for a time, times, and half a time. But the court will convene, and his ruling authority will be removed, destroyed, and abolished forever. Then the kingdom, authority, and greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven will be delivered to the people of the Holy Ones of the Most High. His kingdom is an eternal kingdom. All authorities will serve him and obey him. This is the conclusion of the matter. As for me, Daniel, my thoughts troubled me greatly, and then the color drained from my face, but I kept the matter to myself. In the third year of King Belshazzar's reign, a vision appeared to me, Daniel, after the one that had appeared to me previously. In this vision, I saw myself in Susa, the citadel, which is located in the province of Elam. In the vision, I saw myself at the Ulai Canal. I looked up and saw a ram with two horns standing at the canal. Its two horns were both long, but one was longer than the other. The longer one was coming up after the shorter one. I saw that the ram was budding westward, northward, and southward. No animal was able to stand before it, and there was no one who could deliver from its power. It did as it pleased and acted arrogantly. While I was contemplating all of this, a male goat was coming from the west over the surface of the land without touching the ground. This goat had a conspicuous horn between its eyes. It came to the two-horned ram that I had seen standing beside the canal and rushed against it with raging strength. I saw it approaching the ram. It went into a fit of rage against the ram and struck it and broke off its two horns. The ram had no ability to resist. The goat hurled the ram to the ground and trampled it. No one could deliver the ram from its power. The male goat acted even more arrogantly, but no sooner had the large horn become strong than it was broken and there arose four conspicuous horns in its place, extending toward the four winds of the sky. From one of them came a small horn, but it grew to be very great toward the south and the east and toward the beautiful land. It grew so great that it reached the army of heaven, and it brought about the fall of some of the 
of the army and some of the stars of the gr- to the ground where it trampled them. It also acted arrogantly against the prince of the army, from whom the daily sacrifice was removed and whose sanctuary was thrown down. The army was given over along with the daily sacrifice in the course of his sinful rebellion. It hurled truth to the ground and enjoyed success. Then I heard a holy one speaking. Another holy one said to the one who was speaking, To what period of time does the vision pertain? This vision concerning the daily sacrifice and the destructive act of rebellion and the giving over of both the sanctuary and the army to be trampled. He said to me, To 2,300 evenings and mornings, then the sanctuary will be put right again. While I, Daniel, was watching the vision, I sought to understand it. Now one who appeared to me, a man, was standing before me. Then I heard a human voice coming from between the banks of the Ulai. It called out, Gabriel, enable this person to understand the vision. So he approached the place where I was standing. As I came, I felt terrified and fell flat on the ground. Then he said to me, Understand, son of man, that the vision pertains to the time of the end. As he spoke with me, I fell into a trance with my face to the ground. But he touched me and stood me upright. Then he said, I am going to inform you about what will happen in the latter time of wrath, for the vision pertains to the appointed time of the end. The ram that you saw with the two horns stands for the kings of Media and Persia. The male goat is the king of Greece, and the large horn between its eyes is the first king. The horn that was broken and in whose place there arose four stands for four kingdoms that will arise from his nation, though they will not have his strength. Toward the end of their rule, when rebellious acts are complete, a rash and deceitful king will arise. His power will be great, but will not be by his strength alone. He will cause terrible destruction. He will be successful in what he undertakes. He will destroy powerful people and the people of the holy ones. By his treachery, he will succeed through deceit. He will have an arrogant attitude, and he will destroy many who are unaware of his schemes. He will rise up against the prince of princes, yet he will be broken apart, but not by human agency. The vision of the evenings and the mornings that was told to you is correct, but you should seal up the vision, for it refers to a time many days from now. I, Daniel, was exhausted and sick for days. Then I got up and carried out the king's business, but I was astonished at the vision, and there was no one to explain it. In the first year of Darius, son of Ahasuerus, who was of Median descent and who had been appointed king over the Babylonian Empire, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, came to understand from the sacred books that the number of years for the fulfilling of the desolation of Jerusalem, which had come as the Lord's message to the prophet Jeremiah, would be seventy years. So I turned my attention to the Lord God to implore him by prayer and requests with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. I prayed to the Lord my God, confessing in this way. And this is Daniel, by the way, this is Daniel's prayer. O Lord, great and awesome God, who is faithful to his covenant with those who love him and keep his commandments, we have sinned. We have done what is wrong and wicked. We have rebelled by turning away from your commandments and standards. We have not paid attention to your servants, the prophets, who spoke by your authority to our kings, our leaders, and our ancestors, and to all the inhabitants of the land as well. You are righteous, O Lord, but we are humiliated this day. The people of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and all Israel, both near and far away, in all the countries with which you have scattered them, because they have behaved unfaithfully toward you. O Lord, we have been humiliated, our kings, our leaders, and our ancestors, because we have sinned against you. Yet the Lord, our God, is compassionate and forgiving, even though we have rebelled against him. We have not obeyed the Lord our our God by living according to his laws that he set before us through his servants, the prophets. All Israel has broken your law and turned away by not obeying you. 
Therefore, you have poured out on us the judgment solemnly threatened in the law of Moses, the servant of God, for we have sinned against you. He has carried out his threats against us and our rulers who were over us by bringing great calamity on us. What has happened to Jerusalem has never been equaled under all heaven. Just as it is written in the law of Moses, so all this calamity has come on us. Since we have not tried to pacify the Lord our God by turning back from our sin and by seeking wisdom from your reliable moral standards. The Lord was mindful of the calamity, and he brought it on us. For the Lord our God is just in all he has done, and we have not obeyed him. Now, O Lord God, who brought your people out of the land of Egypt with great power and made a name for yourself that is remembered to this day, we have sinned and behaved wickedly. O Lord, according to your justice, please turn your raging anger away from your city, Jerusalem, your holy mountain. For due to our sins and iniquities of our ancestors, Jerusalem and your people are mocked by all our neighbors. So now, our God, accept the prayer and requests of your servant and show favor to your devastated sanctuary for your own sake. Listen attentively, my God, and hear. Open your eyes and look on our desolate ruins and city called by your name. For it is not because of our own righteous deeds that we are praying to you, but because of your compassion, your compassion which is abundant. O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, pay attention and act. Don't delay for your own sake, O my God, for your city and your people are called by your name. While I was still speaking and praying, confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and presenting my request before the Lord my God concerning his holy mountain. Yes, while I was still praying, the man Gabriel, whom I had seen previously in a vision, who was approaching me in my state of extreme weariness around the time of the evening offering. He spoke with me, instructing me as follows. Daniel, I have come to impart understanding to you. At the beginning of your request, a message went out, and I have come to convey it to you, for you are of great value in God's sight. Therefore, consider the message and understand the vision. Seventy weeks have been determined, concerning your people and your holy city, to put an end to rebellion, to bring sin to completion, to atone for iniquity, to bring in perpetual righteousness, to set up the prophetic prophetic vision, and to anoint a most holy place. So know and understand, from the issuing of the command to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until anointed one, a prince arrives, there will be a period of seven weeks and sixty-two weeks. It will again be built with plaza and moat, but in distressful times. Now after the sixty-two weeks, an anointed one will be cut off and have nothing. As for the city and the sanctuary, the people of the coming prince will destroy them. But his end will come speedily like a flood, until the end of the war has been decreed. There will be destruction. He will confirm a covenant with many for one week. But in the middle of that week, he will bring sacrifices and offerings to halt. On the wing of abominations will come one who destroys, until the decreed end is poured out on the one who destroys. We'll leave the visions there of Daniel, and we head now seeing all these different things about what God says is in his control and what will happen to see why we can trust him as the God who cares for us and protects as we read in Psalm 91. As for you, the one who lives in the shelter of the Most High and resides in the protective shadow of the Sovereign One, I say this about the Lord, my shelter and my stronghold, my God in whom I trust. He will certainly rescue you from the snare of the hunter and from the destructive plague. He will shelter you with his wings. You will find safety under his wings. His faithfulness is like a shield or a protective wall. 
You need not fear the terrors of night, the arrow that flies by day, the plague that stalks in the darkness, or the disease that ravages at noon. Though a thousand may fall beside you, and a multitude on your right side, it will not reach you. Certainly you will see it with your own very, very own eyes. You will see the wicked paid back. For you have taken refuge in the Lord, my shelter, the Most High. No harm will overtake you, no illness will come near your home, for he will order his angels to protect you in all you do. They will lift you up in their hands, so you will not slip and fall on a stone. You will subdue a lion and a snake, you will trample underfoot a young lion and a serpent. The Lord says, Because he is devoted to me, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he is loyal to me. When he calls out to me, I will answer him. I will be with him when he is in trouble. I will rescue him and bring him honor. I will satisfy him with long life and let him see my salvation. What a wonderful description of God's care and protection. It might make you wonder, how do you know that God does care and protect that much? Well, we see God showing us that protection and that care proven to us in King Jesus himself. The king who is the son of man coming on the clouds. And now as we read John 19, we also see Jesus depicted as the one who's willing to suffer for the very people he's come to save and protect. John 19. Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged severely. The soldiers braided a crown of thorns and put it on his head, and they clothed him in a purple robe. They came up to him again and again and said, Hail, King of the Jews! And they struck him repeatedly in the face. Again, Pilate went out and said to the Jewish leaders, Look, I am bringing him out to you so that you may know that I find no reason for an accusation against him. So Jesus came outside wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Look, here is the man. When the chief priests and their officers saw him, they shouted out, Crucify him! Crucify him! Pilate said, You take him and crucify him. Certainly I find no reason for an accusation against him. The Jewish leaders replied, We have a law, and according to our law, he ought to die because he claimed to be the Son of God. When Pilate heard that they said what they said, he was even more afraid than ever. And he went back into the governor's residence and said to Jesus, Where do you come from? But Jesus gave him no answer. So Pilate said, Do you refuse to speak to me? Don't you know that I have authority to release you and to crucify you? Jesus replied, You would have no authority over me at all unless it was given to you from above. Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of greater sin. From this point on, Pilate tried to release him. But the Jewish leader shouted out, If you release this man, you are no friend of Caesar. Everyone who claims to be a king opposes Caesar. When Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus outside and sat down on the judgment seat in the place called the Stone Pavement, Gabbatha in Aramaic. Now it was the day of preparation for the Passover about noon. Pilate said to the Jewish leaders, Look, here is your king. Then they shouted out, Away with him! Away with him! Crucify him! Pilate asked, Shall I crucify your king? The high priest replied, We have no king except Caesar. Then Pilate handed him over to be crucified. So they took Jesus and carrying his own cross, he went out to the place called the place of the skull, called in Aramaic Golgotha. There they crucified him along with two others, one on each side with Jesus in the middle. Pilate also had a notice written and fastened to the cross, which read, Jesus the Nazarene, the King of the Jews. Thus many of the Jewish residents of Jerusalem read this notice because the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and the notice was written in Aramaic, Latin, and Greek. Then the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write the King of the Jews, but rather, 
This man said, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. Now when the soldiers crucified Jesus, they took his clothes and made four shares, one for each soldier, and the tunic remained. Now the tunic was seamless, woven from top to bottom as a single piece. So the soldiers said to one another, Let's not tear it, but throw dice to see who will get it. This took place to fulfill the scripture that says, They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they threw dice. So the soldiers did these things. Now standing beside Jesus' cross were his mother, his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. So when Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing there, he said to his mother, Woman, look, here is your son. And then he said to his disciple, Look, here is your mother. From that very time the disciple took her into his own home. After this, Jesus, realizing that by this time everything was completed, said in order to fulfill scripture, I am thirsty. A jar full of sour wine was there, so they put a sponge, soaked it in sour wine and a, on a branch of hyssop and lifted it to his mouth. When he had received the sour wine, Jesus said, It is completed. Then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Then, because it was the day of preparation so that the body should not stay on the cross on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was an especially important one, the Jewish leaders asked Pilate to have the victim's legs broken and the bodies taken down. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the two men who had been crucified with Jesus, the first one, first the one and then the other. But when they came to Jesus, they saw that he was already dead. They did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear and blood and water flowed out immediately. And the person who saw it testified, and the testimony is true, and he knows that he is telling the truth, so that you may also believe. For these things happen so that the scriptures would be fulfilled. Not a bone of his will be broken. And again, another scripture that says, They will look on the one whom they have pierced. After this, Joseph of Arimathea, a disciple of Jesus, but secretly because he feared the Jewish leaders, asked Pilate if he could remove the body of Jesus. Pilate gave him permission, so he went and took the body away. Nicodemus, the man who had previously come to Jesus at night, accompanied Joseph, carrying a mixture of myrrh and aloes weighing about 75 pounds. Then they took Jesus' body and wrapped it with the aromatic spices in strips of linen according to the Jewish burial customs. Now at the place where Jesus was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden was a new tomb where no one had yet been buried. And so, because it was the Jewish day of preparation and the tomb was nearby, they placed Jesus' body there. And so we hear Jesus willingly suffering and dying, mocked as a king, even though he was the true king, and yet Jesus knew that he needed to suffer and die so that people like you and me could be completely forgiven so that when we hear his words, it is finished on the cross. We know that all has been paid for and trusting in him means we have been completely forgiven. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, http netbible.com, copyright 1996-2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music.